So what's up, y'all? So many of y'all already know that I have a lot more interest in politics and life and speaking with fellow writers and authors and just other people in other fields that I think are amazing. I have a love and interest for music as well. Now, I don't necessarily create music. Well, I do make beats. Y'all should check them out whenever I share them on social media. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all that. But I'm talking about... uh. And dedicated podcast where I speak about music. So if you like my honest discussions about whatever I talk about here, you're going to love the honest discussions I have about music over at the My Two Cents podcast. That is a podcast I do, a weekly podcast. I've been doing it just as long as this podcast that you're listening to right now. The My Two Cents podcast can be found anywhere you're listening to this podcast. Go over, subscribe to My Two Cents Podcast. That is the word My Two Cents is spelled numerically dollar sign zero dot zero two podcast. Right after that, you'll be able to find it everywhere you're listening to this podcast. Once again, go over, subscribe to the My Two Cents Podcast. New episodes every Monday, just like this podcast. Now let's get back to the show. What up, y'all? It's your man Ernest, where you love Ernest, same guy, different name, back again with another episode of the Ernest Thoughts Podcast. Back, let me just get right into the episode. Let's start off with this food debate, the great food debate is what I'm calling it. And no, we're not talking about which food is greater or the greatest food ever. I would love to have lighthearted conversations like that on this podcast. By the way, not everything has to be super serious, you know, or whatever you may think of this podcast, right? I would love to talk about lighthearted stuff as well, but that is, I feel as though would be more so appropriate for the live streams. When I go back to doing the live streams for the Earnest Thoughts podcast, so obviously I could have people on and we can laugh and joke and know debate about these things as well we can talk about serious stuff too but you know when I talk about the great food debate here what I'm talking about is this argument of eating out versus eating in or cooking at home versus eating out which one is more expensive less expensive whatever you have people who will say that eating out is to them it's obvious it's obviously cheaper than cooking every single night right um or at least it's just cheaper in general right and then you got those who say no it's actually not eating out has always been more expensive than cooking at home um because of the years of research that backs that (laughs) and the current research that backs that as well Um, I have three, a total of three, yes, three articles that prove that. Three very recent articles that prove that eating at home does in fact, or is in fact, cheaper than eating out. One was, if I'm going chronologically order, 
One was published in 2018. One, the other one was published last year in 2021. The other one was published in May of this year, 2022. So 18, 21, 22. Pretty fairly recent research, y'all, that I'm giving y'all. So y'all do what y'all will with this knowledge that I'm about to give you. Um, and rock on with that. As you can see, you're, you're probably guessing my stance on it has always been or is that eating home, eating at indoors or eating at home and put it that way is indeed cheaper than going out. Now, before I get into these articles, here is my reasoning and how I went about doing this research. Now, I know someone is going to say that I'm being biased, this, that and the third. It's, I'm not being biased. I went into this not knowing the facts until actually reading these articles. And there was another article that actually went against my initial thought. But that article was actually debunked in one of the other articles that I... One of the other articles that I read. You know? Um, I went into this with this... Okay, I'm gonna... I, I want to know what the economists are saying. I want to know what the the quote-unquote experts, let me put it that way, are saying about this, because I'm no economist. Definitely the people on Twitter talking about this, are they're not eco- economists at all. Even the ones who might say they are, they're not. They're, they're, they're likely not. I, they're, they're bots, the e-bottomists, they're bots, but they're not economists, right? So I said, let me go into this with let, let me go into this research, obviously with the open mind of asking, and I type this on, on, on Google, is it more expensive to eat out than it is to cook at home? That's literally the unbiased question um, that I ask. It's a yes or no question. It just so happens that all the answers that I've gotten so, so far within my research have proven that it is actually not less expensive to eat out than it is to cook at home you know so case in point if i'm going to start chronologically i'm going to go with the start off with the 2018 study now i'm not going to read all the articles i'm going to read bits and pieces that i thought were important and i will link them in the description box below per usual so you can go and read these articles for yourself because they're still up. So this one is the farmersbank.net. This is about a situation where I, I believe this is the one where they kind of did like a social experiment on um, what is more affordable, right? Which one is the cheaper option and more affordable? Um, they're talking about a study that went on uh, that happened on the website gold banking gold gold banking rank rates.com so where 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 did I begin this this is why I get for a screen uh, not screening up scrolling up just to get the date okay so I'm gonna start from this part paragraph here and then I'm gonna read and then I'm gonna stop and then you know talk about that of course again y'all the link it the, the this article is in the description box below for you to read yourself to see I'm not making this up. 
you can also see I didn't write this article either. So for those who are like, mm, it might be an article you write. No, evidence is here. Won't y'all do your due diligence instead of talking out your ass to excuse your behavior? Actually do the research and the studying of what is going on over here, right? So, I'm going to start reading. The final test was to eat the restaurant meal, then recreate it at home, making it as similar as possible, Bumpus says. She would compare cost and factor in time, convenience, and see which meal really is more expensive. So, pretty much... Stacy Bumpus uh, wrote for she's again she uh, she did this social experiment on goldbankingrates.com. Um, this the article that I'm referencing the publication I'm referencing from they're referencing this article. And Stacy, what she did was she went to a restaurant, Outback Steakhouse, and she ordered a meal. Right, so she went out. She didn't cook that night. She went out to eat. Um, and it was her and someone else. So it was the total cost between what she ate and what this individual ate as well. And I believe they got the same meal. Um, she compared that cost to actually going to a grocery store and again, recreating said meal at home. And again, fed two people, herself and this other individual um, that she was feeding as well let me continue first stop outback steakhouse the meal included both soup and salad but the ribeye steak dinner 1829 that's the amount $18.29 comes with soup or salad to replicate to replicate the meal she ordered a cup of chicken tortilla soup which added a $2.99, which added $2.99. The study meal also included asparagus, an extra $1 upcharge. The bill was added up, so was the likelihood of beating the price at home. Total bill for two, not including the tip, was $47.68. $23.84 per person. Again, and this is not included in the tip, that's why. And uh, like I stated, she fed herself and someone else. This was a meal for two. A few days later, she went to the local supermarket and bought groceries needed to make the same meal. The bill comes up to $45.86. $22.86. $22.93 per person, basically. Surprisingly close to Outback's tab, here's the catch. The cost per meal at home wasn't $22.93. Not even close. It was only took a it only took a small quantity of soup for one meal, leaving enough volume for about four more servings cost of homemade soup was only 70 cents at Outback she paid $2.99 for one serving $3 for one serving of soup when at the store <laughs> it's, a, it's 70 cents and so it was the rest of the meal 
she had to buy a whole head of romaine and iceberg for the salad, but had enough left for a week's worth of salad. Not just one meal, cost per serving of salad, which would be $1.66. All told, at home, the meal prep prepared came to $11.84 per person. Wow. The meal at Outback was $23.84. Eating at home, the winner. I'm going to end it right there again, linked in the description box below. Y'all heard it right there. <laughs> First of all, the lady paid $3 for a 70 cent can of soup. That upcharge is fucking wild. Now y'all can try to, uh, uh, but it's, 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 it's Outback Steakhouse and you know, it's, that's a restaurant and fast food. When we say it's more expensive, we're talking about fast food. I have an article about that as well. But before I get into the article, let me read this quote here. This is by... Um, who, who said this? QZ.com. Not sure what that is, but this this is a quote from uh, an article here. Eating out has always been seen as more expensive as a more expensive treat than dining at home, but the gap between the cost of eating in restaurants and the cost of making food at home is widening. In the last year, the cost of meals made at home increased 2%, according to the U.S. Bureau of Statistics. So, you're probably like, well, what's well, called Quartz.com. Not QZ. But yeah. They're talking about, is the last year cost of course. All right, back. Apologize for that pause, but we are back with the second article. Um, this one, once again, is about the fast food. For those who are saying that the fast food, it, it, it's the you're, you're going to say, well, it was Outback Steakhouse, and Outback is is a franchise. It's it's expensive. Of course, it's going to be more expensive than going to the grocery store and recreating their meals at a grocery store, right? This one is by money.usnews.com and it's titled, Is Fast Food Cheaper Than Cooking at Home? Pretty much the Google question that I asked, right? The question I asked to Google. I'm going to read this again, same ordeal with the other, other article. I'm going to read this. And I will not read it in full, but read it until I feel as though it makes the point that I'm making and then uh, stop. And then obviously it's linked in the description box below, like the other article. Go check it out. And this is this is the one I was written in May of this year. So take that as you will. American spin. Uh, I'm going to start right now. Americans spend a lot of money on food. In 2020, U.S. consumers spent on average 8.6% of their income on food, and nearly half of that food outside of the home, according to the USDA. As inflation causes, causes prices at the grocery store to rise, you might be looking for ways to cut down on costs. As you're looking at your food budget, you might even wonder, 
is fast food cheaper than cooking at home? You might you might end up Googling that question like Ernest did. They didn't write that, but you know, I, I'm including that. Beth Monsell, founder of BudgetBites.com, a website dedicated to posting recipes that are easy, tasty, and, and inexpensive, dishes her insight on the fast food versus home-cooked food cost conundrum. And boy, oh boy, it is a conundrum. Is it cheaper to cook or eat out? In my experience, in general, making really simple and delicious food is less expensive per serving than fast food, Monsell says. But Monsell does offer a caveat. If you're cooking with expensive ingredients or making complicated recipes that have ingredients that are not common or reusable, then it can be more expensive to cook at home. Now that statement right there, should have been the obvious one. Um, I feel like people will make a statement like that and totally ignore the fact that, sure, if you're making, you know, really expensive cuisine meals and the shelf life doesn't really last as long as with the last article I was reading, it talked about how, um, the woman who did the experience, the who made the same meal that she bought on, um, the, made the same meal that she bought at um, Outback Steakhouse, had enough to feed her for days. Not just one day, but days. Obviously, if you're making something super expensive at home, yeah, it's going to cost you more because of the ingredients. Maybe you're making organic stuff that you have to buy. I mean, you have to consume um, within a good three, four day limit before it goes bad. Because there's no preservatives to, you know, preserve the foods, shelf life. Um, all of that, I understand all of that. Um, but... The people, the very people that I've seen made that argument aren't pe- are people who usually eat foods that are GMO, that have preservatives. They're not eating organic food. So again, it's a it's a mis- it's a disingenuous argument to try to excuse their behaviors. I'm gonna continue. What is the average fast food spending per year? Americans spend a lot of money on fast food each year, according to the Barbecue Lab. The average American spends $1,200 a year on fast food. That means a lot of y'all spent stimulus checks on fast food in 2020. That's crazy. And 83% of American households eat fast food once a week. 83%. How do fast food prices stack up against prices prices for cooking at home? Whether it's ordering a $6.50 chicken burrito from Chipotle or a $5.79 quarter pounder with cheese from McDonald's, cooking at home is more affordable, is is still more affordable, is still more affordable option or the still the more affordable option. I can't read apparently, right? (laughs) Take budget bites, sheet plan, chicken 
take budget bites sheet pan chicken fajita and crunchy kale chicken salad all right she has the recipes and all that again she click on this article that i'm referencing right now which is the us.news article right um click that article if you want to know budget bites miss budget bites meal plan and stuff i might look into it because hell if it's affordable and it's good hell yeah um at $3.48 per serving, a $1.55 per serving, respectively, they've got both restaurants beat for price. That's fucking crazy. The upcharge is wild, yo. Think about the difference of making a traditional Spanish paella that serves four versus purchasing four cheeseburger meals from your favorite fast food joint. For the paella, you'll need saffron, shrimp, mussels, and chorizo, among more than a dozen other ingredients. In this case, the burgers and fries will probably be more the more affordable option. Obviously, as I was saying before, if you're gonna make something that's more fancy, obviously that needs more work, needs more ingredients. And then just a fucking burger, a cheeseburger, some chicken nuggets. Yeah, it's going to be more expensive. That's why I said that should have been the obvious take. But people will make these comparisons thinking they're actually saying something worthwhile. You can't compare a fucking paella to a cheeseburger. They're not the same. They're not the same in how you make it. Now, you can compare going to the store and buying pizza or going to not even going to the store you can compare depending on how fancy the pizza you're going to make right or whatever you can go to the store buy all the ingredients ingredients make your own pizza or go pay for the slice or go pay for uh you know one large pizza that gives you eight slices or you can go and buy a pizza and then cut it up in eight slices buy all the ingredients to make a pizza and put it that way and cut it up and do it yourself. Or you can, I guess, buy a frozen pizza and cut it up and do it yourself. Either way, the studies show, I don't know about the whole making it yourself, but I feel like ordering one, let's just say one large box of, of pizza, right? Or just regular size box of pizza. And make sure it's the same pizza because even you you can't even compare doing this experiment to a cheese pizza and a pepperoni pizza, right? You can't go to a restaurant and order a cheese pizza and then go to the store and then buy the ingredients it makes them all the ingredients it makes to make a pepperoni pizza or buy a frozen pepperoni pizza. Don't be that. Don't be that person. I'm, 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 I got pizza. You didn't say what kind. No. It has to be the same meal like um, the lady did at Outback. Literally bought the same meal. The same ingredients it took to make the meal that she had at Outback Steakhouse. And paid $3 for the soup <laughs> that you got to save damn soup for 70 cents at the grocery store. 
how can y'all justify that upcharge and say and then try to argue that those things alone let's just even get all the other food out there the simple fact that she bought the soup at a restaurant and paid three dollars for the soup but 70 cents for said same soup at a grocery store how can you then try to argue with me or anybody else that eating out is less expensive the crazy thing is with that 70 cent soup she was able to sustain more than one meal than she was at Outback Steakhouse when she paid a $3 uh, $2.99 let me be exact okay Although I do like rounding up and I want to round up three. But I'm going to be nice and say, nah, let's take away that number, that that one cent. Still, could you justify, are you really going to listen here? Listen to me right now and try to tell me that uh, that paying $2.99 for a bowl of soup is less expensive than paying 70 cents for technically a bowl of soup <laughs> is that what you're really going to try to argue with and again this is not me trying to discourage anybody from eating out this is me saying stop with the excuses I think a lot of people everyone who does this just wants to excuse their bad behavior their bad decision making and when I say bad I mean it is ill it is they're making these decisions not based off of you know it's because they know that they're expensive part of their money problems it's because of their lack of responsibility with their finances their food purchases being that being one of those uh, I guess irresponsible spending habits that they have But you know how people are, especially Americans. Nobody ever wants to take accountability for their own actions. Nobody ever wants to own up to their end, their their part of why things aren't as good as they should be within their life or their communities or whatever the case is, right? Nobody wants to own up to that. It's always easy for folks to make excuses as to why they have to why they do what they do or it's easier for them to argue why somebody else is obviously wrong for something and not own up for maybe it's something that I'm doing again this is someone who is open to it because it's not like I hate eating out you're talking to someone who damn near almost every week would order pizza will order you know something because I mean I love pizza but you know if I could you know eat something and uh, not have to cook as much as I really love cooking yeah I'm still gonna choose the option that I (laughs) That allows me to be more lazy, you know, for lack of better word. 
You know, now I know there's people that's going to argue, well, did they go? You, you didn't take into account how time consuming it is. That's what we mean by expensive. No, we're not doing the whole semantics game here. You can't run that shit on me. You can run that with other dweebs on, on Twitter. You're not going to run that game here. First of all, a lot of y'all out here, y'all don't even cook because you can't cook. So how can you talk about how time-consuming cooking is when you don't do it in the first place? Because you can't do it. So just admit that you can't do it and that's why you eat out. If you're ashamed of admitting that you don't know how to cook, how about you learn how to cook? How about instead of watching TikTok videos of people doing dumb shit, you can watch those TikTok videos of showing you how to cook something. YouTube is still at your disposal. Just because they banned me from watching their videos doesn't mean they banned you from watching their videos. I'll detail that story time in a future episode, probably next week or so. But YouTube is still at your disposal. Hey, the the Google, the same the same platform I use to research these articles that I've referenced here in this segment is at your disposal. There's thousands millions even of recipes you can learn how to make your favorite food on a budget hey the website what's her name Monsell she had the web the the us.news article <laughs> has her website linked in it that can tell you how to make these foods budgetbites.com right literally how to do it on a budget how to make these good food this this good food on a budget the 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 uh the owner of the website literally tells you how to do so but the excuse making and if you're someone that's like well I like eating out so I eat out cool own up to it That's all I'm saying. Again, I'm not shaming anybody for doing whatever they want with their money. Just don't be an idiot. And where is my money going? Complain about it. When you're doing all the crap you're doing with your money. When you know where your money is going. (laughs) Bless me. But that's all I'm saying. I went into this again, really wanting to know which one is the more expensive option. I gave y'all two studies. I know I said three, but I gave y'all two studies. The other one uh, was not a reliable source. I'll give y'all that. It was not a reliable source. Um, I figured that out. That's the stuff that is being cut out, by the way. Um... That's why I took the pause because I'm like, yo, uh, I checked out the other article. The one I was written in 2021 was not a reliable source. I didn't trust it enough. Even, even sources that go agree with me. And I'm like, this is kind of shady. Like, I don't really think this is a reliable source or whatever. I don't think I want to use this as (laughs) one of my bullet points or whatever. So I'm not going to use it. I made the executive decision to decide I wasn't going to use that article. Either or, there's more than one. There's two. And technically, there is three, because I'm going to say go check out Budget Bites. 
which is you know a website you can find within the us.news article that is linked in the description box below so two and a half three <laughs> obviously it's it's optional if you want to check out either of these articles but do not argue with me or anybody else on on twitter or just anywhere in general and try to argue that eating out is less expensive and that's why you do it right when the evidence is there the evidence from what i was researching has been piling up since 2018 but i know for a fact it's been longer than that but i'm saying from what i piled up has been the evidence has been shown since then that eating out is indeed still more expensive than eating at home it's just people are lazy so they don't want to eat uh take the time to cook they don't have the time it's not necessarily that they're lazy they might not believe they have the time so it's easier to go out and, and eat some people can't cook so they can't eat at home because they don't like their own cooking Then you got those who just are, you know, uh, for lack of better wording, frivolous with their butt. And because of that, they tend to eat out because obviously we got to eat. But if you don't admit to anything, right, whatever that, whatever your excuse is, right, whatever the real reason is. If you're not going to admit to it, all you're going to do is argue people down and try to call people stupid and all this other stuff just so they can make the same decisions you make so you don't feel bad because that's another thing people do. People only want to argue certain points or argue against other people or argue against facts because they want to guilt other people into doing what they do so they don't feel as bad for making the decisions that they make. Especially when it comes to health. A lot of people do that when it comes to health. Personal decisions in general. But when it comes to health. People just like to try to force people to convince. uh, Not convince them. But force people to make a decision. The same poor decisions they make. Whether it comes to finances. Whether it comes to their health. Whether it comes to, you know, I guess their sex life. Relationships. Or, you know, whatever, right? It could be something like renting versus owning a home, which that's another debate that we'll love to have or love to, to look into in the future as well. That'll probably be something I explore next week if, you know, topics don't come up. Finances, especially the, the next topic is about finances, right? Or it's a, it's it's about fine. It's it's, you know having to do with finances i'll get into that in a few but that's what it is people just want to force others to make the decisions they make because deep down inside they know it's a poor decision and again when i say a poor decision i'm not saying eating out is a bad choice for anyone to make i'm saying the reasons as to why they do it is a not it's not a reason that they are very proud of admitting to 
which makes it a bad decision because if, if you can't be man or woman enough to say, I do this because of this, then obviously there's something telling you that you should not be doing this thing. But instead of looking at it from that angle, you go, nope, I'm going to force other people to make said decision so I don't feel as bad for making the same dumb decision. And therefore, I don't have to do the inner work at looking at myself and looking within and saying to myself, I am not being the best self that I can be. All I got to do is force someone else to do some something bad or to do the bad thing. And I could point at them and say, well, you're doing something bad too, so I don't have to look at me. That's what it really boils down to. But keep on doing what you want to do. Again, this is not me trying to convince you otherwise. I just wanted to add something to the conversation that I felt nobody was adding. Fucking evidence. Evidence to prove that eating at home was actually less expensive than eating out. That eating out is actually more expensive than eating at home. Evidence to prove whatever point. Because everybody that I see in, in this discussion, they're doing, it's purely emotional based. Purely based on their own eating and spending habits. And yeah, you can take that as fact. Somebody, I saw someone the other day was saying that they, they, oh, I cook at home all the time. I don't eat out, but I bought, I was grocery shopping the other day and bought four items and they came up to 50 bucks. And again, as I've stated before, it depends on what you're buying. That is atrocious. You know, I'm not going to lie and be like that. And I'm not arguing that, you know, the grocery stores, because someone's going to try to say this dumb shit too. I'm not arguing at all that the grocery stores is out, it's not out of line. <laughs> Everybody's out of pocket. <laughs> Charging someone $2.99 for a 70 cent uh, can of soup is out of pocket. But the stores charging as much as they do is out of fucking pocket too. Everybody's out of pocket. I'm not arguing one isn't and one is. I'm saying, but still, even with both being out of pocket, you're still going to have a list a little more in your pocket by going to the grocery store and recreating those same meals that you got from the junk food place or the fast food place or from a, or, or from a restaurant. You're still going to have a little more in your pocket while these businesses are out of pocket, out of line, line crossing. You know, line stepping. Whatever term you want to go with. All that's all I was saying. I wasn't saying that oh the stores, they've got it right and their pricing is a okay and it's perfect. Fifty dollars for four items is first and also what this person said was they just said four items. They didn't say what the items were. That's important. That's important. If I get something that is let me just say i got something that's thirty dollars right one item that ends up being thirty dollars let's just let me put a name to the item as well um i guess uh a, a, a case of water a pack of water uh 
30 pack of water, bottles of water that came up to $30, right? And then that was one of the four items that I bought. Then I bought a $10, um, you know, I bought a box of cereal because, you know, that shit going up. That shit was almost $10, right? <laughs> you know, I bought a box of cereal, right? And that was damn near $10. I bought two loaves of just regular white bread, bleach white bread, you know, that crazy cancerous shit, right? That came up to $10. So there's one case of water, one box of cereal, two loaves of uh, uh, white bread. You know, that's item number three. I'm counting those two as one item because they both came up to $10 or around $10. The last item would be, uh, right now I've spent so much, I'm, I'm doing the math right Actually, I don't need to spend anymore. I, if I spend something else, I go over. So let me take out. <laughs> let me return the bread. I right? so I return the bread because fuck that shit. So I still have. I, I I only have fifty on me, by the way. Like like this person, right? I'm trying to spend the same amount of money they spend, and I have the same amount of 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 items here. So you're gonna have to work with me. So I kept the water, right? $30 case of water. I kept the cereal, right? Damn near $10 cereal. What else is going to be $10? Hmm. Hmm. Usually my kombucha is about four something per bottle, right? Um, if I buy two of them, that's going to be around eight something. That's almost almost eight nine something that's damn near gonna be ten dollars so let's just say two things of uh the health aid kombucha they're like what 479 each let me let me do the math all right because i'm gonna I'm work here i'm gonna I'm give y'all something because a lot of people like to be disingenuous and shit as shit 479 times two 958 958 okay so almost around in there ten dollars let me spend a dollar just to make up that 10 on the Arizona now so now I have a case of water cereal this is a random list I know right where's the milk well let me go I'm, I'm thinking about getting milk last so case of water one item box of cereal item number two Item number three, the the two Arizonas, right? And I'm gonna add. I'm probably gonna end up spending more than four items. My thing is how the fuck? Because I'm doing the math in my head, and it's obviously gonna be more than four items. Because the two the two uh, kombuchas, not Arizonas, the two kombuchas already equals four items if i add an arizona that's five items if i add the milk as i said that's six items to eclipse the fifty dollars so i will really want to know the the point is i really want to know what this person bought if they even ended up actually buying four items that came up to fifty dollars 
I'm not saying that it's not possible. You know, there's uh, times I bought three items and it came up to damn near $20. I'm not saying it's not possible, but you would really have to take take into consideration as the article noted as well, what is being bought and what is being made. Those can be the outliers that will prove that eating at a store is more expensive. Here's another thing I forgot to mention, which I kind of did mention, but I think this is the obvious one that people are purposely ignoring. Y'all do know that fast food has a shorter shelf life than the food that you buy in a grocery store that isn't organic. Go to a grocery store. <laughs> Look at the shelf life of all the food, all this stuff. I was looking at uh, milk this morning. And the shelf life for the milk, although it's already done, was up until the 25th of this of June. So I, I, if I didn't finish it today, I would have, it would have lasted. Well, it wasn't milk, it was cream, but you know what it is, right? You know, the cream that you put in your coffee. It was that. But it had the shelf life of um, the 25th of June. That cream was purchased, I want to say the last week of last last month. Last, I want to say Tuesday, actually. So probably the last day of uh, May. Either or, it was at the end of May when that cream was purchased. So, I know cream is just one example, but there are many other places. Just look at the shelf life and then look at the, the, the shelf life again of, of food that you're purchasing if you want to do a one-to-one comparison. Purchase, you know, a type of burger meat at the, at the grocery store and then go to a fast food place, one that serves real meat like Five Guys, <laughs> and then let it sit. Let it sit. You're going to see that obviously the Five Guys, although it's a very delicious burger, (laughs) has a shorter shelf life than the burger meat that you actually buy at the store. Now, I'm not saying do this experiment all the time. You're wasting money by doing that. But clearly... If we're talking about expenses, let alone the shelf life, even that genetically modified Ruslaw that they make at McDonald's or all the other fast food joints, even that stuff does not last very long. But you can survive off the grocery store uh, food for days almost a month even hell some of them got several months now again preservatives and all that other good stuff but again we can get into those talks if you're someone that actually cares about it if you're out here eating junk food and, and fast food and all that stuff do not do not talk to me about oh but preservatives are not good for you 
and the other crap that you're eating is? No, don't talk to me about that shit. Because you don't really believe in that. Practice what you preach first, then come at me. So there's that aspect. Again, it's gone on longer than it usually needed to be, but I had to get things off my chest. Once again, just for anyone listening, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you how to spend your money. I'm just giving y'all the facts. And saying, here's the facts. Here's the information. Here's the articles that I reference. You can check out more articles like these two because there's tons more knowledge. You could do your own research. You could combat this with articles of your own that will say, hey, you know, this is that. This is blah, 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 right? You can do all of that. Just make sure it's reputable and actually factual. Don't feed me no fake stuff. Not opinion pieces, but actual stuff that was tested on, you know? That was actually experimented on for the very least. It don't got to be some expert economist. But it has to be someone who actually did the work. Not someone that's just arguing based off of feelings. Personal feelings. Because although personal feelings may be factual in a sense that someone actually does feel the way. They're not an actual, they're not factual you know, stats to prove that one thing is actually, I guess, more expensive or more better. One thing is actually more truer than the other. Not for all experiments, at least. So there's that. We'll get into the next topic. Stay tuned. We are back, second topic at hand, and here is my somewhat updated thoughts on Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, all that stuff, right? So, I've talked about this in the past, um, before, just a couple months ago, actually, so it really wasn't that long um, when I did an episode talking about this, or at least... Uh, 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 its own segment or whatever, its own topic, or whatever. Um, so I'm doing it again, just with uh, some slight updated thoughts. Again, what is similar about last time compared to this time is I'm not convincing anybody of doing what I do. I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. I'm simply just putting out knowledge that I have about the situation, about whatever. And I'm leaving it at that. It is in your hands, which whatever you want to do with said information. Don't say I didn't provide the information. Don't say that, you know, whatever, whatever, right? Anything of that nature. Just don't sit here and say that I am, you know, doing something that I'm not doing, uh, which is trying to convince you of doing whatever. Now, if you want to get into crypto and, you know, this, that, and the third, um, let me know and I'll let you know about the avenues that I personally use to, to get into it, but to, you know, store crypto and things of that nature and all that other good stuff where you can buy, purchase, get into the markets. If you want to know this information, again, send me a message and I will gladly do so, um, give you that information. 
but I'm not pestering you on any of it. So, updated thoughts. The markets, if anyone who does follow crypto, you know that the markets are, have been really bad. <laughs> have it been looking good? Let me not put it, let me not say really bad, because really bad was back in the day. This is even before I was a crypto investor. I was looking into the markets and markets were really bad back then. They're down now, uh, but when I wasn't a crypto investor, I was an investor in the stock market. And even when the stock market was really bad, I was still a part of it. And even when it was really good, I didn't see any personal gains and I was still a part of it. And also, the stock market is, if anything is really bad, down bad, it's the stock market right now. Uh, yeah, things haven't been looking really good <laughs> on that end. I'm no economist. I'm no none of that. But things haven't been looking really good on that end. Um, and again, crypto hasn't been as of, you know, the past month, few weeks, month, whatever you want to call it. Uh, hasn't been its best self either, but it's still head over heels better than what the market is doing, the stock market is doing right now. Um, you can call me biased or whatever, but you can look at the information yourself. Again, don't be mad when the, when the evidence backs my claims. Don't be mad when that's the case. It's not a bias when evidence backs someone's claims. It's a bias when somebody obviously has a personal agenda for whatever reason. We all have our own reasons why we have our biases and, and you know, maybe agendas and all. Um, but that's when it becomes a, a bias or whatever of some sort. When there's obviously, you know, a personal reason connection to it. And these, th these things aren't necessarily bad to have. It just depends on how you use them. If you're using said information to fool people into investing in something or to making a decision that benefits you in a way by having them make the, the decision, then obviously this is how a biased decision can hurt other people, can be a bad thing. Yes, I will say that I still have a crypto bias as 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 opposed to the stock market because the, what I've personally seen my thing, my finances, my investments in both markets I've done. I'm not investing in the stock market right now. I have zero investments. I sold them all. I didn't make shit as I stated in the in the first time I talked about crypto. I didn't make <laughs> damn thing yeah hopefully this thing is still on all right i forgot to go to my settings and and make sure i keep this thing i'm still on the micro phone for those who don't know i'm gonna look in the mics i've been super busy uh so you're gonna have to excuse me but i'm going to look into microphones and so i can get because i really do want to get back to live streaming these episodes but you know i'm being a perfectionist anyways you can look at the markets and see for yourself 
what what is going on like what's the deal so with all of that being said you could see that crypto is doing better than than the stock market so you make your own decision at the end of the day what you think is better or whatever right again not telling you what to do but the facts are there now how are these updated thoughts you're like you you said this last time what's brand new well what's brand new is i want to talk about my thoughts on nfts and nfts is a part of this thing as well also want to talk about uh just this idea of crypto some people calling it a ponzi scheme or just the the scams that that's involved in crypto bitcoin crypto in general um and just sharing my thoughts on this stuff um that stuff i did not mention last time i talked about this or at least i didn't mention too much about it right so let's get on to nfts now if you're like well if you're into crypto are you into nfts as well no the reason why I haven't been involved in NFTs or I'm not in it yet or I don't think I'm going to get into it is because, and I know I got to look at it differently because from what I was listening to somebody, I'm still learning myself. So I don't really like to make a big decision on anything unless I know I have complete knowledge of it or at least enough knowledge of it for me to feel comfortable in getting myself into something. You know, like with podcasting, right? I did not want to just start podcasting, you know, as much as I love doing it, um, you know, and I was tired of being censored on YouTube and not being able to talk about the things I want to talk about because of the censorship. I wanted to make sure that I was able to consistently put out a podcast episode because what would be the point if I'm on a place like a SoundCloud, which I was when I first started podcast and I would have to pay, you know, X amount of dollars for a premium plan that would allow me to upload more than, you know, a few episodes per month or a few episodes per year or some sort, right? Um, I wanted to make sure of all of that. So before I started heavily getting into podcasting, I found an avenue, Anchor, (laughs) that allowed me to create as many podcast episodes as I want per month, per week, per year, with no caps on anything. I didn't have to pay anything at all, you know? And that's how you're getting these lovely episodes. So, the point of that saying is, I didn't want to get into anything really unless I am 100% not just 100% comfortable but again comfortable enough to know how I can do something how, how I can basically move in whatever space I'm in the crypto space once I finally got the knowledge or at least enough knowledge for me to feel comfortable in getting into the space that I'm in the crypto space That was when I made my goal. I don't feel that way about NFTs. I still don't feel comfortable enough to get into it. Now, I was talking to somebody. I talk to people about this stuff often. And I was talking to somebody and they were telling me about um, how easy it was on the website slash app OpenSea, right? How easy it is to create an NFT. Um, It's the interface 
really looks like creating a YouTube channel and a YouTube video. For those who have created content on YouTube and you know what that interface looks like, like all the ins and outs, you know what I'm talking about, or at least I hope that the descriptor was, uh, you know, good enough for you to know what I'm talking about, right? But if you create content on YouTube, you know what I'm talking about, what I mean by that, right? You know what it looks like when you go to upload a video and all that other good stuff, right? So I was, uh, someone took me through the step-by-steps of creating an NFT. And it looked fairly easy, really fairly easy. It's, 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 it looks like that. Um, and I like the ease of it because trust me, I love, I love simple things. As much as I, it may seem as though I get on simple people, I don't like simple-minded people, but I love simple things. I love things that are so easy for me to grasp and pick up and do. It's just, it's, it's chef's kiss. It's, you know, I just love it. I love simple things. So OpenSea is a platform that looks so easy to create an NFT that if I were to, again, if I was... Uh, at least 60 to 70 percent confident that I would be able to maneuver in that space at a relatively comfortable pace, then OpenSea would definitely, I'd be on there creating NFTs like crazy, you know? Um, But again, I just, I need more knowledge on NFTs. What turns me off about it is this aspect. And again, I, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day. So maybe it's my mind shift uh, that I got to change, right? But what turns me off about NFTs and about crypto too is the fact that this idea of real estate, like, like, you can run out of a surplus of something that isn't even tangible. Meaning that, let's look at Bitcoin, right? There's X amount of Bitcoin and just cryptocurrencies in general out there in the, I guess, metaverse, whatever the hell it's called, right? But let's just say some, some, multi-billionaire billionaire ends up buying up all the bitcoin right all the let's just use bitcoin right all the bitcoin that means that in order for there to be more bitcoin for people to mine for people to purchase they would have to purchase obviously purchase from bitcoin bitcoin holders such as myself such as whoever this billionaire investor is a purchaser is and all the other people who own Bitcoin, you have to then purchase it from us. You can't mine it yourself. You can't purchase it from an exchange uh, because if the exchanges don't have enough, I uh, don't have any for you to purchase, then, oh, if they do have it, then that's how you can purchase it. But if it's all in the hands of all the holders, right? And this is not something that you can just It's not like, you know, fiat money is something you can hold, right? Just that idea of it, just to me, it just seems bonkers and weird. Same with the NFTs. You buy a, and I know NFTs is is technically just proof of purchase, proof of ownership, purchase, whatever, right? Uh, But if you have proof of purchase or ownership of 
let's just say this NFT of the Patriots logo, right? I cannot justify <laughs> purchasing that and then someone else purchasing it. Then let's just say all the Patriots fans in the world purchase it to the point where there's no more. And then somebody's like, I want to purchase, you know, I'm switching teams now. I'm no longer a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm a Patriots fan. I want to own this this uh, NFT of this, this uh, Patriots logo, right? Oh, it's an internet thing and it ran out and we don't have any more. Although this person is looking at this picture right in front of them. It sold out. You're going to have to purchase this NFT from one of the holders. And also everyone who purchased it will get pretty much kicked back because they they own it as well. Hopefully I'm explaining it right, but it is it is weird nonetheless. Thinking about something on the internet being out of surplus when it's one of the I, f- I felt like one of the things that was going to make the I guess make life on the internet a lot more or just in the tech world the internet in general uh, a lot more appealing than the real world was an oversupply an unlimited supply even of certain things such as if cryptocurrency is going to be or is trying to aim itself to be the world's currency we would never have to worry about it running out unless you know obviously there's no electricity you know um now i'm not saying that crypto again these are the worries that i have i'm not saying because i have these worries i have these questions i have zero faith i'm telling you right now i'm still a crypto owner still own, own bitcoin I have a couple other altcoins. I don't really do meme coin. I don't have any meme coins. I got rid of my Doge. I have a couple more alt- altcoins, um, but my more so focus is Bitcoin and some Ethereum, but Bitcoin and some altcoins. The altcoins that I feel as though are at least taking themselves seriously. But at any moment in time, and I've done this fairly recent as well. I've converted those coins into Bitcoin because, well, that's the crypto that I'm more so focused on at the moment. You know, that's the one that's the head honcho. Um, but crypto ain't the only thing that I plan on investing on. I do want to invest, invest in property because <clears throat> I feel as though the one thing that doesn't lose value the one thing that is a true 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 I won't say like hedge against inflation but one of the things that's actually going to get people you know uh, keep people out of poverty really is owning property whether that be owning a home or owning a owning property in general and that is something that I want to get into as well. That is something that I'm actually taking more seriously than I am investing in crypto. I have zero faith in the stock market. That hasn't changed. I am not investing in any stocks. If you're having success in it now, great. The thing is, 
with both crypto and the stock market, when things are low, the motto is still the same. When things are low, that's when you want to buy. Buy low, sell high. So you can look at the crypto markets right now as, oh, well, look at it. It's not doing well. You're kind of doing yourself a disservice because this is the time to buy. Four weeks ago, when this shit started to just look ugly, was the time to buy. Back in 2020 and 2021, I believe, and uh, a couple years ago when crypto was really, really down bad. Sure, some folks like myself, not even some, a lot of folks were skeptics like me, but we were proven wrong to be skeptical because had we purchased when it was down bad, we'd still be doing a lot better than you know, the stock market investors right now. Now, I got involved in crypto in 2020 when it was also doing somewhat bad, right? But I understood, okay, buy low, sell high. Now, I don't plan on selling. I don't think I made this clear. I don't plan on selling anytime soon. I'm what you call the hodler, right? Holder, hodler, whatever their terms are. That's what I would concern myself. I am someone that invests in it. And I want to hold as much as I can. And eventually I might sell. Eventually in the future. And this is far, far into the future. Not anytime soon. Eventually I will sell. Once I make so much that I feel like, okay, I want to see the benefits of this money. I want to actually see this money. Then I'm a sell. I'm impressed with the gains I've made with crypto still. Not enough for me to sell it, but I'm impressed with the gains I've made because there have been far better gains I've ever made, ever investing in the stock market, ever, already. And that was only, and I saw those gains be something worthwhile a week after just investing in cryptocurrencies within a week of my first time being an investor of cryptocurrency. Prior to that, again, I had been invested in the stock market since my late teens, 18, 19, early 20s. And I hadn't seen any real life investment at all. No real substantial returns. Nothing above $10. Let me put it that way. And the majority was even below a dollar. To be honest with you. So. Yeah. I'm obviously going with what has worked with for me. I'm not trying to convince anybody once again. If you feel inspired to get into crypto. And, or even if you're like interested in NFTs, I'm not knowledgeable on, I'm damn sure not knowledgeable on NFTs. That's why I'm still not comfortable in doing, getting involved. And again, like I said, the thing that rubs me the wrong way is this aspect that, okay, you say that this thing, both NFTs and crypto is going to pretty much be save the poor and disenfranchised of the world. 
I like that. But how come this internet money is able to run out? Like, we don't run out of memes. Like, someone could share the same meme over and over and over and over again all over the internet. And it's not like everyone who has it saved on their device is the owner of the meme. But it doesn't, like... Like, if you have a picture of, let's just say... Let me just say Beyonce, right? She's making one of her Beyonce funny faces that are just... I guess... I don't know, right? Like, <laughs> like she's... It's a it's a reaction pic that she clearly is not trying to purposely be funny, but you think it's funny, right? Everyone who who has that pic saved to their device, no, they don't own the pic per se, but they also that also does not mean that for every one person who saves it to their device, that picture then becomes more and more extinct. But that becomes the case with, uh, or more and more exclusive or whatever, or it's think exclusive, whatever the term I'm looking for. But that does become the case when it went in, in regards to crypto and NFTs. And that to me rubs me the wrong way about those two. They're not perfect, but that rubs me the wrong way about it. And if anyone could, and I've, I think people have tried to explain why that is the case. But to me, it's like, but no, it's, it's internet money, my nigga. <laughs> like, this is not a real, this is not a real $5 bill. It's internet money. We should have more than enough for everybody in the world who wants to be an invested investor to get, to get involved in this. There should not be a scarcity of something that's on the fucking internet. Something that's not tangible. Something that you you can't go to a bank and take out, you know, or go to an ATM and take out, you know, 50, 50 Bitcoins, right? But you can go to an ATM and take out $50, right? Now, maybe those $50 bills can, you, you can run out of that. And then more would have to be printed. But what I'm saying is you can run out of $50 bills. I still don't understand how one can run out of 50 Bitcoins, let alone any amount of Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. Same with an NFT. How can someone run out of this? Now, with the NFT thing, as I'm talking about, maybe because they have to add a scarcity to it because if everyone in the world could buy this NFT of the Patriots logo, like I said, then it probably loses its value, right? Maybe that's the case. The Bitcoin, once again, it's then that could be the same explanation, but I don't know. Someone get someone needs to explain that to me. But that's literally me my, my only issue. Uh, again, just to reiterate, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you how to invest. I'm not telling you what you should do in pertaining to yourself. Why I don't take that approach. Number one, I don't like forcing people into making any decisions simply because the moment something goes wrong because it will because that's life there's there's ups and downs smiles and frowns shout out to Snoop Dogg but the moment something goes wrong when you tell someone or you convince someone to do something they're going to blame you they're not going to blame themselves they're not going to look at the market for what it is and 
understand that there are ups and downs to both the stock market and the uh, crypto market. They're not going to look at, they're going to blame you. Whatever investments they made, you could have said, okay, only invest what you can afford. And their dumbasses said, well, I'm going to invest $1,000 because fuck it, I got the $1,000 now. When you didn't say invest $1,000, you said invest what you can afford. But they heard invest $1,000 because I can invest it. And now they down bad. Or at least they're down. They're not, they don't see a return on their investment right now because of how the markets are going. They're going to blame you. They're not going to blame themselves. Although, again, you didn't say invest a thousand. You didn't give them a dollar amount. You said what they can afford. What they could afford was maybe $5, maybe $10. But they got overzealous. And they they said, fuck all that. I'm doing a thousand. So I don't want nobody coming to me on that BS. Because I'm not going to take too kindly to anyone who, who does that. I'm just keeping it real. That's one reason as to why I don't like telling people what to do with whatever investments or not. Number two, it doesn't affect me either way. Now, granted, the ways that I make crypto, you know, some of that platforms and the websites that I use. Yes, I do get something if people sign up via my referral link. But also, since crypto is some scarcity type thing. If you personally don't invest in it, that just means that there's more Bitcoin for me to purchase. There's more other cryptocurrencies for me to to purchase and look into. So whether you do it or not is really up to you. If you invest in it, that's great. That means that you're on the path to bettering your, your, your future, in my opinion, financially. But if you feel as though you can do that without investing in it, that's also great. Because that also means there's one less individual buying Bitcoin. And that means there's more Bitcoin for me to invest in. So I see the benefits from both ways. Others might not see it that way. But I see a benefit from people investing and a benefit from people not investing. That's me though. I can't speak for everybody else. Now, as far as NFTs, I, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm not in NFTs. I'm not going to tell you not to do it. I'm not going to tell you to do it. But don't not, again, if you decide to get into it, do not come to me at all. Because I didn't tell you to get into it. I didn't tell you to make one and whatever. All I simply said was, hey, I thought the process looked very easy. And that is very enticing as far as NFTs. But I'm still not into it simply because of the process looks very easy. It's very easy to start a podcast. Believe it or not, it is very easy to start one. It's the work you have to put in to maintain it. NFTs, it looks very easy. Again, from the walkthrough that I saw, the NFT looks very easy to look into, uh, to start. It looks very easy to, to start an NFT. But the upkeep, there and there is an upkeep to NFTs. If you want to make financial gains from the NFT, there is an upkeep process that you have to keep up with. That's the stuff that you need to do. That's the real work. 
that they're creating of it, the real work is actually keeping up with the upkeep. I can't tell you about that because that's not something I've done yet. I don't know if that's going to be something I ever do. I'm still in the stage of let me get as many people's opinion who know about this as possible. And then once I feel comfortable in doing so, I'm going to, if that becomes a thing, just like I did with crypto, that's going to be a move that I make based off of my comfortability level. So the only advice I'm going to give people out there in general when it comes to anything is move at your own pace and when, if or when you're comfortable at making a decision, whatever that level is, like I said, I said, if I'm, if it's not 100%, it's at least somewhere between 60 to 70 or above, of course. It's never 50, it's never 40, it's never 30. It's usually in the high 60s, 70s or above, or I'm 100% knowing that this is something that I want to get into. So if you, uh, those, that's the only numbers I'm telling you to, you should do. But if, if you're someone that finds yourself being comfortable at 50%, go ahead and do it. 10%, go ahead and do it. That's you. Go ahead and do it. If it feels comfortable to you, move at your own pace. If not, then do what I do. Don't do it. (laughs) You know? But if you don't do it and you decide... And you see something later on and you're like, well, I want to get into it, but Ernest is still not into it. Don't go based off of me, man. Like, our finances aren't the same. Our life isn't the same. Stop looking at me as, as you know, like Kendrick said, I, I am not your savior. I am not your savior. So don't go looking at me and thinking, okay, you know, I... I I don't know if I should be flattered even. I want. I don't know if I should be flattered if someone who does listen to this or know of me and you look at me as someone that is, you know, you should follow what I do. I guess to some extent I should be flattered, but at the same time, I don't want to be that. I want to be someone that, that you know, can just show others that they can make their own decisions. <laughs> at the end of the day like it's possible it's very possible for you to make your own decisions that's why I'm doing you know that's that's something I hope that you get from this at the end of the day is to it's very possible for you to make your own decisions just be smart about it so yeah we'll get into the last topic um stay tuned Right, I am back with the last topic of this discussion. Uh, well, this episode here, and it is about this Monica Lewinsky tweet. Um, I wish I could, bl- I, I could pick it up. I mean, not pick it up, but I wish I could um, read it verbatim for y'all. But she blocked me right after I tweet. I responded to her tweet. Therefore, um, yeah, I can't, (laughs) I can't 
greeted verbatim, but pretty much what she was trying to argue was that what she said in a tweet was that she was upset that she is getting charged. I think the amount was uh, $480. She's getting charged for a speeding ticket, right? Um, yet guns, you know, you know, uh, assault rifles or just guns in general are a thing that Americans can own. And she, her argument was, I understand that speeding can kill people, but so can guns and that's legal. So why can I, why can I not get away with speeding? So I told the little dumb bitch ho, <laughs> yeah, because I'm being real disrespectful now. Um, I told her ass, because Twitter, y'all thought I was being disrespectful for her for simply just saying to her that doesn't uh, give her making an argument just because guns kill individuals does not mean that it's very much okay for anybody out there to say, well, I'm going to start speeding and not following the rules of the road, although there are laws like a gun owner can't just have a gun and wave it out there there's yeah there's open carry states but then there's states that do not allow open carry there are certain states like Massachusetts where they're like we can't we're not saying you can't own a gun we're just saying you can't own a loaded gun (laughs) which defeats the point of having a gun I guess I think Um, but yeah there are states like that where they're saying that you can have a gun, it just cannot be loaded, which is, again, it's it's weird. It's it's like owning a car, but you can't drive it. What's the point in having the car, you know? Owning a, a pair of shoes you cannot wear, then what's the fucking point in having them? You know, owning a house you can't stay in, you know? Yes, this house belongs to you, it's in your name, but you cannot stay in this house. Anyways, she, again, she, I can't read the tweet verbatim. Um, and I know someone's could, could, you know, I don't have multiple Twitter accounts. I have a backup account that, and I don't, I never followed Monica Lewinsky period, but I'm not going to go on my backup account just to look up her tweet. Um, but I have a backup account just in case my main account, and this is for my personal account, not the Ernest Thoughts podcast account that is forever going to be ghosted because I don't know the password to it (laughs) but um or remember the password to it um but my main account she's she's got me blocked on there right and all I did was simply say to her was simply because guns kill people and speeding kill people doesn't give you the right that your argument is dumb yeah, and I let it be known. Her argument is straight up dumb. Because you you're one, you can you can afford the ticket. Alright? She's she's making all this money selling her book, talking about how the, the sexual scandal if y'all hear that in the background, it's not gunfire. It's it's fireworks. I promise you. But I know the difference, trust me. Um but She's, you you know, first of all, she's been making money for 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 a long time. But she, didn't she just recently, as of a few years, put out the book about 
her sexual escapades with former President Bill Clinton, you're making money off of that. You're making money off of your I suck the president's dick tour. Like you, you, you're making money. You can afford that $480 speeding ticket. And if, if money, if your pockets are really hurting like that and you really don't got it like that, don't fucking speed. You put someone else's life in danger, but then got the, got the goal to, well, I didn't kill anybody by doing it. The crazy thing about it is I'm pretty sure drunk drivers make that same excuse. People who've who've driven while intoxicated will probably try to sit on social media and argue that because they've driven intoxicated before um, that they because they they never killed anybody that they should have the right to still drink and drive like this dumb hoe over here is arguing that she should have the right to speed and break traffic laws simply because guns are allowed. Let me tell you, for anyone that's going to say, well, if they shouldn't be able to do that, then someone could reverse the argument. Nope. These are not the same things. You want to know why? The right to bear arms is in the, uh, uh, it's in the constitution. It's the second amendment in the constitution. There is no amendment in the constitution that claims that speeding is, is okay. Every, every American has the right to break traffic laws. There's none of that in the constitution. There's no, nothing in the constitution that says that every American has the right to drink and drive when, or if they want to. That's not in the Constitution. And even things that are in the Constitution, such as owning a gun, it does not mean that every American can then use said gun to just go around murdering people. There are laws. It's funny how everybody want to talk about laws when it comes to things that they oppose, such as guns. But now laws are stupid because they don't oppose speeding because they don't oppose drunk driving they don't oppose following the rules of the road they don't oppose not testing and 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 uh being on their phone and facetiming while driving they don't oppose all these things because they personally do these things now all of a sudden the laws are stupid but because they choose not to own a gun Let's create laws about that. Let's outlaw this. Let's not outlaw the other shit that I do. Let's not outlaw the things that I'm guilty of doing, right? Outlaw the things that I'm against. Outlaw the things that I don't do anyways because it will not have a personal effect on me. That is the point I brought up to Miss Luanica. Luanica. (laughs) Monica Lewinsky. Alright? She got a problem with she can go suck a dick. The dumbass comment and then the dumbass people um, who who thought that was a great gotcha moment. Everybody with their dumbass gotcha moments. We we debunked the good guy with a gun. No, you didn't. Cops are not good guys. <laughs> it was there were bad guys with a gun and there were pussies and they didn't go after the other bad guy with a gun. Stop it. And then for those who are gonna bring up what happened with in Buffalo. 
obviously if for those who don't know shit about shit if you shoot someone with a bullet proof hence the words bullet proof you shoot someone wearing a bulletproof vest or a bulletproof anything guess what the bullet is not going to do to that bullet proof vest or helmet it is not going to penetrate said bullet proof vest or helmet unless that shit was crappy unless the uh, the uh, amount of gun the bullets that hit the bulletproof vest penetrated through the vest at the uh, velocity that it did I brought that up because as I'm working and I'm working in library someone else is listening to uh, you know they're, one of the other librarians is doing you know her job and she's listening to I don't know some talk radio show talk about the debate and <clears throat> the one of the speakers brought up the Buffalo situation and they're like see that this doesn't this doesn't the whole good guy uh, with a gun argument is pretty much it's BS that's not the word they say but it's pretty much BS because we saw what happened the guy who is a former cop had a gun and shot the shooter and ended up dying because he tried to save some lives or whatever which was a dumb argument because the good guy tried to save lives. <laughs> he just didn't aim for the head. As he should have. But I'm guessing he only wanted to shoot to hurt. Shoot to in in uh you know to hurt the in uh individual. Not shoot to kill, like the like ugly egg Sharon did out in Buffalo. But these arguments y'all have is stupid, and I just had to address it. I had to address Monica Lewinsky's stupid-ass comment. Because this is just... It's, it's, it's... You know, it's getting out of hand. And for them to go unfazed, I don't give a fuck who blocks me. I don't give a fuck who, who got a problem with it. But if I see stupidity, I'm calling this shit out. It's a dumb comment for her to make. Let me go on right now and just type in vehicle deaths per year. So, of course, Massachusetts would be fourth fourth on this list. I'm surprised it's not number one. And I didn't even type in Massachusetts, but of course Massachusetts is number four on this fucking list. I didn't type in in state. I just typed in vehicle deaths. The list showed up. Boom. Oh, this is 2020 and apparently it's not fourth. It was fourth on the first list I saw. Anyway, it's still on the list. It's not dead last. Let me put it that way. It's not dead last. It's literally like probably in the center of this list toward the top half. But there were 35,766 fatal motor vehicle crashes in the United States in 2020 when motherfuckers were supposed to be inside still managed to go outside 
and kill motherfuckers. Well, other people. I won't say motherfuckers. Rest in peace to those people. This resulted in 11.7 deaths per 100,000 people and 1.34 deaths per 100 million miles traveled. What was y'all doing doing all that traveling? I understood flights were cheap in 2020, but flights, maybe gas, but flights. What was y'all doing all that traveling for? Y'all were supposed to be inside. Either way, deaths happen. This thing brought up Massachusetts travel range from zero point. Massachusetts in and South Carolina. So the fatality, it says here, the fatality rate ranged from 4.9 in Massachusetts, not surprised, to 25.4 in Mississippi, not surprised. The death rate per 100 million miles travel range from 0.63 in Massachusetts, not surprised, to 1.97 in South Carolina. I've never been to South Carolina, but I kind of want to say not surprised. I've been to North Carolina. North Carolina got some bad drivers too. Well, Charlotte um, got some terrible drivers too, but not like Massachusetts. And it's, again, I'm looking at one of these lists and it's actually third, not fourth. Anyway, the point is that I made is that was not only a stupid comment by Monica Lewinsky, but an insensitive one as well. It's kind of like her saying, yo, I don't give a fuck about anybody else on the road. I don't give a fuck about the deaths of individuals who lost their lives due to ignorant motherfuckers like me, selfish assholes like me who thought speeding was more important than the safety of others. Now you can argue again, oh you, but you're pro-gun and you don't care about the lives of other people. Pro-gun does not mean pro-idiocy. It does not mean pro-morons with guns. No, I don't think crazy motherfuckers should have guns. But take away their guns. Don't take it away from everybody else. Just like with, with, with car accidents, car deaths, whether that be people under the, the intoxication or not. I don't think Monica Lewinsky was, dr- well, she probably was drunk when she tweeted that bullshit, but she a dumb bitch in general, so she may not have been. But she probably wasn't drunk when she got her speeding ticket. The thing is, I would not be on Twitter saying, and I brought this to her attention too, with that dumbass logic, then we should take away cars from law abiding car owning citizens simply because your dumbass decided to, 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 uh, speed and you're lucky. No accident happened. You just got caught by a police officer for speeding. Now, maybe if you suck this dick, <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me chill. But nah, you just got caught. You should have said, do you know who I am? Do you know what I can do? (laughs) Maybe you would have got off. Or maybe the head was so fucking trash that this officer was like, you wasted my time and my nut. 480 fucking dollars. Because that's a high ass meeting ticket. (laughs) I've heard of, you know, $100. I've, 
I've heard of 200, but I feel like 200 is probably the most I've ever heard. I've heard of tickets as low as like $50, but $480, you was, you was on some shit, right? And you deserve that ticket and you, uh, and you can afford that ticket. So Monica Lewiskeet, I know you ain't listening to this, but maybe some of your, your, your followers are. Pay that shit up. Shut the fuck up. And just know that it was dumb. You can block me all you want, but I still think it's dumb what you said. With that logic, again, we're going to take away cars from from, from people. Drunk driving is outlawed, yeah, but what if we outlawed alcohol? Something I've been saying, oh, since we want to go to the extremes, let's do that. Now everyone is, oh, no, no, you're taking it too far. Oh, no, eh, eh, you're telling you, people have the right, grown adults have the... Now uh, people understand, when you when you talk about taking away their alcohol or their drugs, now people understand personal choice and personal responsibility. But when it comes to other things they don't identify with, they have zero problems. Americans especially have zero problems advocating taking away the personal choices and responsibilities of others. Other Americans, other people in general. So, cut the BS. And I'm going to keep calling it out. Anybody upset about it? Be more upset that you're you're a dumb motherfucker. That's that that should be the thing that you're upset about. And that's all I gotta say. That will be the end of the Earnest Thoughts podcast right here. Timestamps in the description box below. Y'all check out what I got going on. Check out the links as well. If you think I'm you know lying about whatever the topics I talked about, articles will be down in the description box below. Um, check out the other links as well. Get your Earnest Thoughts podcast merch, tote bags, clothing. Um, I'm going to make stickers, phone cases. I'm going to make the whole nine yards. Trust me. But there's shirts, tank tops, tote bags, mugs. You can get in support of the podcast right there. Um, and, sh- you know, check out any of the other links. Subscribe if you're not subscribed to the podcast. Share this podcast out. Please rate this. Wherever you can rate this podcast, these things really help out, especially. And uh, we're going to keep it moving. Until next time, until next episode, stay black if you are black. Stay beautiful. Black Lives Matter. LGBTQIA plus lives matter. Black trans lives matter. Black trans women matter. Black trans men matter. Black women matter. Black men matter. Black children matter. Fuck Monica Lewinsky. And I'm out. (laughs) Peace.